Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. So it's not about going from uncertain to certain and knowing three steps ahead and knowing exactly how something's going to turn out or getting into that place of controlling it. It's just about choosing some different thoughts to have you feel a little bit more okay with your process, a little bit more okay with whatever you're doing. Living a healthy, balanced life is no small feat, especially when you're a mom. With meals to cook, laundry to load, work to do, and humans to raise, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe living a healthy life has become way too complicated. What we need isn't a new plan or program telling us what to eat or how to live. We need simple, uncomplicated routines and information that's going to help us live our best, most beautiful life without rules and restrictions. Join me, Kristen Dofniak, holistic health coach, certified intuitive eating counselor, and mama of two for weekly conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life, uncomplicate eating, and simplify in every area of mom life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balanced Mama podcast. Chris here, and I am so excited about today's topic and today's guest conversation because today's guest is a very special one. She's not only a returning guest, but Paige was my personal coach for a number of years. She started as an intuitive eating coach for me when I was going through the intuitive eating counselor certification and I really just wanted a coach by my side to help me through any of those last bits of struggles I was having with my mindset around food and body image and she really helped me through that a couple years ago and then she turned into a coach around money and business and just really an incredible mentor in my life and I'm so grateful for her and the help that she's given me in my own life. And she has this incredible concept around the idea of calm being our superpower. And in today's episode, she talks about her own experience of dealing with anxiety and panic attacks and anxious feelings and the opposite of feeling calm. 
And so in today's episode, I invited her to come on and to do a mini coaching session with several questions that I asked my listeners over on Instagram to share with me. So I asked them to share with me what they feel less than calm around. So there were five areas that they felt less than calm and that you guys felt less than calm in. And I got some specific questions as well. So together, we tackle the areas of feeling calm when life is uncertain, feeling calm around food and hunger signals, feeling calm around body image, feeling calm around money and frantic energy around purchases, and then feeling calm around work-life balance. And of course, we also caught up a little bit. Paige shared a couple of her current favorite podcasts, and she gives a little life update because life looks a lot different for her now than it did when she was first on the podcast about a year and a half ago. I was so grateful for this conversation. I enjoyed it so much, and I know that you are all going to enjoy it as well. For those of you who don't yet know Paige Schmidt, she is a certified intuitive eating counselor and financial coach. She's a wife to her husband, Marco, a mother to her daughter, Selah, and lives on the central coast of California. She helps women let go of their food, body, and money anxieties and grow into the version of themselves they want to become through her podcast, her blog, and her online coaching program, Aligned Coaching. You guys, I cannot speak highly enough about her podcast, which is still fairly new. She's had it for just a few months now. And if I could have chosen anyone in the world to have a podcast that I listen to every single week, it would be Paige. Her voice, as you'll hear in this episode, is so calming and her advice is always so solid and incredible. So I highly encourage you all to listen to her podcast. And if you want that next level of coaching in your life in any of these areas like she talks about, her aligned coaching program is just incredible as well. So we will put links to all of the places you can find her, her podcast, her blog, her social media, her coaching program in the show notes. But without further ado, I know you guys are going to love this conversation. So here is my conversation with Paige. Hi, Paige. Welcome back to the Healthy Balanced Mama podcast. I am so excited to have you on again. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here again with you. These episodes with you are always some of my favorite. Well, you know, I love to chat with you and we really don't have any need for an icebreaker, but I've been asking this question to guests in the last few months and I just love the answer. And I know that you are a new mama, so I'm interested to see if you actually have an answer to this question. (laughs) Um, But are you reading anything these days, Paige? Oh, am I reading anything? I have a couple of audiobooks, like just kind of going in the background, but I'm not reading anything super consistently other than just like dipping into my devotionals or, um, gosh, what is the, there's like a, you're going to have to help me remember the name because I can't even remember the name of the book, but it's something like baby like, like a baby book like a french baby yes. book yeah it's like raising baby raising or something like or that, something yes. like that. I, yeah i read it years ago so i started that because a friend recommended it but honestly we're just a little bit into it the time that i've been reading is like in the middle of the night uh <laughs> when i'm feeding and i'll just turn the 
the light on my phone super far down and then just have it like quietly playing in the background so that I feel like those little nursing sessions are, are special and um, a good time for me to read, read. But that's what I'm reading right now. I haven't gotten very far into it, um, but that's that's it for now. Well, I think it's a good time then to give the listeners an update because the last time we chatted, you weren't even pregnant and now you have a sweet new baby. Can you just give us a little life update on what your life and and your business looks like now since we last talked? Oh, oh my gosh. She is the best. Her name is Sayla. It's spelled S-E-L-A-H. So lots of people have been saying Sela or (laughs) Sela. And uh, we pronounce it Sayla. And as of recording this, she's just over six weeks old. Uh, So I found out I was pregnant last year in 2020, just a few days after the 4th of July. And I remember that so specifically because on the 4th of July, I took a test to make sure that I could enjoy a couple beverages and not feel worried about it. (laughs) And the test was negative. So I was like, okay, I'm in the clear and had like a fun pool day with a couple of our friends. And uh, what I remember most about that day was I was so tired in the middle of the afternoon that I snuck outside to our truck that had a truck camper on the back and popped up the camper and climbed into the bed and laid down and took a nap. And I remember getting a message from my friends and they're like, where did you go? (laughs) Like, where are you? And I'm like, I just had to sneak away to take a quick nap. I'm so tired. Um, And then I made a joke later that night to Marco. I was like, can you go get us in and out? I was like, I'm having a period craving for in and out, (laughs) something like that. And a couple days later, I found out because I still had not started that I was pregnant. Um, Oh my gosh, I love it. (laughs) Which was so fun and so exciting for us. We had been trying for like five or six months. And so it was so, so exciting to find out, finally get that positive. It was like a moment of disbelief, to be honest. I was like, no way. (laughs) Um, So was then pregnant for nine, 10 months. Um, so enjoyed my pregnancy. It was such a time for me. I look at that 10 months as like a slowing down, coming back home to myself, feeling very calm, um, very aligned. I'll say that word has been popping up all over my business, but it started popping up during that season of pregnancy. Uh, and then Sayla was born on March 18th. So we have her here now and life looks like kind of the same and kind of different. Like mm-hmm. on one hand, I can say like, it looks so different and I can't even tell you what my life was like before. And on the other hand, I'm like, okay, it's sort of the same because again, pregnancy was such a time of alignment that I really started setting things up in my business and in my personal life in that time that would, um, that I knew I wanted to be set up a certain way once she came. So now I'm kind of like living the fruit of that. Mm, Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And I loved watching your journey while you were pregnant. You just always seemed, and obviously, you know, I'm outside looking in, but you just always seem so calm and joyful. And I'm sure you had your moments just like, you know, everyone does, but 
there was, there was, you could just see that like pregnant glow and that peace kind of radiating from you as you were pregnant and the words that you were sharing on social media and just, you know, whenever we would connect, whether it was in coaching or, or any of that. So I just, it was, it was really cool to watch, especially from, you know, my perspective. I've been pregnant twice, but um, I was I was very anxious during my first pregnancy. I had a lot of complications, mm-hmm. and so most of that was kind of filled with anxiety. And I didn't have the same sort of. Um, I definitely had a lot more peace with my second pregnancy, and and I think that yeah. so many of us, especially women who might be listening, who either did have a pregnancy that was filled with anxiety and maybe want to get pregnant again, and they're nervous about that, or they are not pregnant yet and they're hoping to be pregnant in the future and they're a little bit nervous, it's so possible to go through it with this really positive mindset. And I think you were just such a good example of that. So I don't know if I've shared that with you, but it was, it was really beautiful watching your journey. Thank you so much. And I will say uh, that the very beginning, like about, I'd say for me, my authentic experience was from about five weeks till about 14 I was so nauseous mm-hmm. and tired. Oh my gosh, so tired. I slept through a client session accidentally one time. And what I mean by that is it's not like I fell asleep while I was on the phone with a client, but I was in between sessions and I told myself, okay, I'm going to take a 30 minute nap to like re-energize myself before this next session and I'll set my alarm and I'll wake up. And I woke up like two and a half hours later, it felt like I like got hit by a train and had all these missed calls on my phone. And I was like, no way. Like I've never done anything like this. This is mortifying. This is so embarrassing. Um, but the first, like from five to 14 weeks, my experience was more like, okay, I'm so grateful that I'm pregnant and I don't know how anybody can enjoy this. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I was like, this is so hard and you, you just can't really control how you feel. So if you don't feel good in the morning, you can't really control that. You just have to like ride the waves of it, Mm -hmm. but it did teach me to slow down and really listen to my body. Like, oh my gosh, food and intuitive eating in that time. I had such specific cravings and it was like, I could not deny them. So it would be like, okay, I want a sandwich from this place. And then I would eat that. And then I'd be like, okay, that was good, but I can never eat that again. (laughs) Okay. So tomorrow I need to get a burrito from this place. And then I'd eat that and it was good. And I could never eat it again. (laughs) It was like so specific. And then some shift happened at 14 weeks where literally like to the day I, everything shifted. I stopped feeling sick. I started like my hormones just felt amazing. Um, I would say my hormones actually felt pretty good through the whole time. It's just, I was tired and felt nauseous. Uh, but then it was like, oh my gosh. Okay. Like this fog has been lifted. I feel like myself. Then it was when like, I started feeling calm and aligned and just so enjoyed the rest of my pregnancy. Mm, oh my gosh. I can totally relate to those, those early stages yes. and that feeling and <laughs> just yes. not being able to control it, which is, is so hard, especially if, you know, we have gone most of our lives being able to control most things or, you know, exactly. if, you, if you feel sick, there's oftentimes something you can like either take or you can rest or, and with pregnancy, it's just, yeah, it just is what it is sometimes. It's just there. Yep. And people would tell you like, 
all the things to try and help, which was so sweet. And I, I never really found anything that helped that much other than I will say, um, having like a couple sour patch kids <laughs> would help like something about like the chewy sourness yeah. seemed to like alleviate nausea for a moment. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. I, I found <laughs> eating was the only thing that helped me. Like I would get nauseous in between meals. Yeah. And so eating was like, and literally that was it. If I wasn't eating, then I wasn't, didn't want to eat. <laughs> yeah, like, totally. Totally. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's so fun remembering back to that. And, um, but you know, I, I'm so glad that overall you had a really good experience and I loved listening to your podcast episode with your birth story, by the way. Um, and you know what? I think last time we talked, you didn't even have a podcast yet. I, you definitely did didn't have a podcast. So no. I have to direct all of the listeners to your podcast because it's just as amazing as you are. <laughs> oh, thank you so I much. Loved, I loved you sharing your birth story over there as well and how empowering that felt. And I, gosh, we could probably talk about that for, for an hour. <laughs> yes. Last time we talked, I think my business looked a lot different. Um, it was mainly like blogging and then I had one-on-one -on -one coaching and then I had the growth vault which was my membership, which now has evolved to aligned coaching where I no longer do six month coaching programs with private clients. I do all my coaching and aligned coaching. Mm -hmm. And then the, the podcast is my main place of sharing content. And I always do like a little cliff's note version of the podcast on my blog, but all of my creative energy is going toward the podcast and then aligned coaching. So it's kind of all different. It's like the same, but shifted to different directions, different like pathways or avenues, whatever you want to call them. And I think it's so, it's so cool how you have just sort of naturally shifted that way as your life has changed. And one of the things we're going to get, we'll jump in in just a minute, but one of the things that we're going to talk about today with our our whole topic about being more calm and feeling calm, the idea of calm as a superpower. It seems as though, it, I, I guess, also from the outside looking in, in this situation as well, but that it just is this kind of natural shift. And we're going to talk about, um, I had a question from a listener about feeling calm in kind of uncertain times. And I think that it, it's so beautiful to see um, very much as your pregnancy, your business kind of shift in this direction and you just being able to help more and more people in this way. And I know that even though I have worked with you personally through coaching and through aligned coaching, previously the growth vault, mm -hmm. I've gained so much from the podcast and just listening to your mm -hmm. words in that. So it's, it's so cool. And I mean, I know that I am a podcaster, so I'm a little biased, but I think it's just, it's such a special way to be able to, I think, receive content and to almost feel connected to somebody when you're listening to them, I think, versus yes. just reading something. It's just such a cool, I'm so grateful for so many different podcasts and it's just such a cool way to, to share with the world. Same, same. Like when you asked me what I was reading, I was like, okay, I'm listening to that one book, but mostly I'm taking in content through podcasts because I love just the personal, natural element of just listening to flowing conversations of other people. It's so inspiring. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, I'm i with you. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Okay. So then what is your favorite podcast to listen to? I know this is an out of the blue question. I didn't ask, but I'm curious. No, that's okay. Have any favorites right now before we jump in? <laughs> I am listening to a lot of podcasts from coaches of the Life Coach School. Mm. So one is, her name is Jody Moore 
And her podcast, I think, is called Better Than Happy. Mm. Another is a coach whose name is Natalie Bacon. And what is her podcast called? Like something like how to create your dream life or something like that. And then I haven't listened to Brooke Castillo's podcast a ton lately, but I normally really love her podcast, Mm. um, the life coach school podcast. And what all of those podcasts have in common is something I talk about a lot in aligned coaching and sometimes on my podcast too. And that's that self-coaching model that your thoughts create your feelings and your feelings Mm -hmm. create your actions. And I, I just love that all of those podcasts have that foundation. So they're they're kind of all like personal growth, like better than happy, how to create your dream life, right? Those kind of things, but they talk about those areas in such a way where it's like, you do have control to an extent over how you feel by managing your thoughts. So they're all like mind management podcasts. And that's what I'm really, really into right now. Mm, oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I've listened to Brooke Castillo's podcast, but I haven't listened to the other two. So I'm going to have to go and check them out yes. as well. Great. So I think that's just the perfect segue then into our topic today. So my absolute favorite topic that you talk about, like I mentioned before, is this idea of calm as a superpower. And I thought that we would do things a little bit differently than I do with some other guests today, especially because I already had you on and we already did that kind of classic interview style podcast. Yeah. Um, So I would love to, so I asked my audience, I forgot to mention that I asked my audience for for different areas that they feel less than calm in. And so I thought I would share those with you and have you do sort of like a mini, like, you know, couple minute coaching in some of these different areas that came up that listeners felt less than common. So some of them are specific questions from specific listeners who were a little bit more specific in their questions. And then there's a couple that are more kind of topical. So if you are willing to, I would, I would love to jump in. Yes, please. Let's go. I love this topic. (laughs) So I would actually love to have you just share, I guess, before we jump into the questions, where did this idea of calm as a superpower come from? And how did you kind of discover its power in your life? This idea of just feeling calm in our everyday life. Yeah, I actually have such a specific moment, a story of where I discovered this just calm as a superpower. And, um, a little bit of background before the story was just that I struggled with so much anxiety in high school. And in, in like the beginning of my college years, so much anxiety, I'm talking like every single day. Um, my first like panic attack, anxious moment realization that I had anxiety was a time I was spending the night at a friend's house And I was so tired that I fell asleep on the floor in the living room where we were all hanging out. I must've been 13 or 14 and they were all up like playing video games and they woke me up out of my sleep because they looked at me and my lips were like turning bluish because I wasn't like breathing in my sleep. Mm. And so they quickly like page page woke me up and I got so freaked out in that moment. It was like such shock that I started hyperventilating 
and just breathing super fast. So they actually called the ambulance. The ambulance came, hooked me up to all the little wires and everything to test me, um, told me I was just having a panic attack and I had never had it before. So I never knew to, I never knew that you could slow down my breathing. And also if you would have told me I could have slowed down my breathing in that moment, I wouldn't have believed you. (laughs) Like that's how intense it felt in that moment. And from literally from then on, I just had daily anxiety and years where I would have panic attacks because I never learned how to slow my breathing. And I remember my mom trying to coach me through Paige, If you just, if you can recognize it, you can catch it when it's coming on and you can really try to breathe through it. Like you can catch it and you won't hyperventilate and it won't be a full blown panic attack. But again, didn't believe her. Didn't see like how I could make that happen. And then I had a day where I was driving in my car. I was headed to school. I remember at a white Honda Civic sitting in the driver's seat, turning left onto the freeway. And I started feeling a panic attack come on. And what that felt like for me was like, it would be tingling in like the tips of my fingers and my toes, um, Mm. and would just start like, just go all the way up my arms and all the way up my legs and it would just come on. And so I felt this. And normally what I would do when I would feel that feeling was just immediately go into panic and start thinking things like, oh no, I'm in my car. What am I going to do? I can't drive right in my mind would be racing a million miles an hour. And of course that would just make the panic worse. And, um, in that moment, sitting there at that stoplight, when I felt the tingling start, I said to myself or something said to me, like if I'm thinking of it spiritually, um, just calm, literally just the word calm, like just get calm. And I remember when I heard that or thought that I thought to myself to just feel the feeling of calm in my body, like literally just try and feel that feeling as if I was practicing an emotion, like feel happy and just like feel what the feeling happy felt like. Right. So I just said to myself, feel calm. And I did. And instead of that tingling coming from my fingertips, you know, to my wrists, to my elbows, to my shoulders, it like just left my fingertips basically. Like it never traveled any farther. And it was such a moment of, oh my gosh, like I can think a feeling and then feel that feeling. Like I can think something and then just feel what that feels like. And it was literally that feeling of like, this is like an actual superpower now. Like if I know that I can do this, I can do this anytime. Then it was like, I could stop having these panic attacks. And when I start feeling anxious, I can just step aside or do something to get calm first. And I started practicing that. And I have only ever had one small panic attack since then. Um, it was basically like I had never, never had one again, other than like one very small one. And even in that one very small one that I had, I knew that I could practice feeling calm. So I remember when I felt it coming on, it like got to me a little bit, had some tears, a little bit of panic ensued. And then I just closed my eyes and I like grabbed a pillow or something and allowed it to just like kind of flush away from me. So it was that it was like dealing with actual 
anxiety, living with it every single day, and then having a moment where I recognized, whoa, I can actually have some control over this. Oh my gosh. I love that. Thank you for sharing that experience with us. I I think I said, sometimes I mute myself when my guests are, are talking, but I was just enthralled in your story. And um, when you mentioned your your fingertips and your toes like tingling, that is the exact same experience that I have when I start to have a panic attack. And at this point, it's been a year since I've had, or with more than a year now, about a year and a half since I've had a panic attack. But I hadn't had panic attacks in years. And then I had one again at the beginning of of last year and it sort of came out of the blue. And I also ended up in the hospital because we didn't know what was going on. And they thought I was having a stroke, uh, which I wasn't. The doctor was like, nope, you just had a panic attack. But it it hadn't felt like that before. That was kind of that. um, And I did have a couple, I guess, after that. So but it was uh, this whole last year for me personally has actually been a very similar journey of learning exactly what you're talking about, that it is that our minds are so powerful and we can choose the way we feel. And, but we have to be, we can be active participants in, in our feelings. And I think it starts with recognizing it, but sometimes we have to go through hard things to recognize it and to be able to harness that. And, but it's so incredible when we can get to that place where we can go, no, I can actually choose to feel calm. And yes, there's, you know, anxiety that sometimes, you know, requires extra help, you know, from, from various sources, right. Whether it's talking to someone or a medication or something like that, you know, everyone has their own experience when it comes to anxiety and some people need a little bit more help, but there's so much that we can do just from this place of really recognizing that we can, we can, we can change our feelings. So, oh my gosh, I love that so much. And I, I so appreciate you sharing that with us. Yes. Actually, what's interesting as you're talking about that is I'm remembering that the the one panic attack that I did have since then, I actually was not anxious when I had it. Mm-hmm. We were on a drive and we had a podcast playing of this very, very, very intense podcaster who talks very fast and had a guest on the podcast that was also talking very fast. And the guest was like repeating the same thing, like over and over and over. I don't even remember like why they were doing that or what they were doing, but it was so fast that I think it mimicked the feelings or the thoughts that I have in my head when I'm having anxiety. Mm. It's like very fast paced thinking where it almost sounds like a conversation is like running away in my head or something. And so that brought on feelings of panic, like out of the blue. So it was almost like I needed to like stop and take a second to like, be like, everything's fine. Mm -hmm. Nothing is bad. There's no danger here. Right. But it, it is fascinating to me as we're talking about this, to think about that, because that was all like, that wasn't even in my mind. That was me like listening to something else and it entered my mind and sped things up and then ensued the feelings of panic. Yeah. And it just reiterates like how Mm -hmm. much our, how powerful our minds are and them, you know, turning someone else's words into something that feels like those feelings of panic. Oh my gosh. Exactly. So interesting. Okay. I can't wait to dig into these listeners' questions (laughs) after you sharing that and sharing your own experience with having that anxiety and someone who, who has dealt with anxiety for a number of years on and off, um, 
the the feeling of feeling calm is so powerful because I feel like, you know, for, for myself personally, feeling calm was something that I experienced less than I felt than I, than I did anxiety for many, many years. So Mm -hmm. the actual feeling of calm, of peace, of kind of this just contentment in my life is a really incredible feeling from, from Mm -hmm. being in that opposite place for so many years. And it comes up in a lot of different areas for myself. A lot of my anxieties were around food and body image, but also some of the things we're going to talk about, like money and work, and those things have also brought on anxiety and um, this feeling of feeling less than calm. And so I think it's a different experience for everyone, but we can still utilize really similar tactics, which I'm excited to kind of kind of hear about from you. So I would love to dig into some of these listeners' responses. So there are five kind of main areas that I identified that came up when I asked this question about things that make people feel less than calm. So the first one was uncertainty, food, body image, money, and work-life balance, which are all things that I know that you speak beautifully on. (laughs) So Mm. we're just going to take them topic by topic, and we're going to dive into uncertainty. Because I really want to start with this because I think it it does, it gives us some perspective on the power of feeling calm kind of as we've been talking about before we dig into some of those kind of more specific areas. I had Mm -hmm. a question from a listener that I thought was so incredible. And she said that she is working on trying to stay calm while trying to figure out her purpose and her direction in her career and lifestyle. She said that she feels, or she asked, if I feel uncalm and not content, how to unravel um, where it might be coming from. Sorry, I'm trying to read the question. (laughs) Where it might be coming from and where to make a shift. So I think, you know, I kind of wrap this up into the question of, what are your thoughts on feeling calm when there is a big question mark in life, when we are uncertain, when we're not even sure where to start? Mm. So the first thought that I have is that we can make uncertainty normal. Like if we can normalize uncertainty, that that's that first step for us. And what I mean by that is then when, you know, maybe you're making a career shift or for me, I'm making so many business shifts. Like for example, shifting from one-on-one coaching to doing all of my coaching in this group coaching setting in aligned coaching, that's a huge shift. And there's so much uncertainty there, but if I can look at that uncertainty as not a red flag, like uncertainty means red flag, bad, wrong, be anxious, right? But uncertainty means, okay, uncertainty is normal. Anytime you're doing something new, anytime you're navigating something you haven't done before, right? Anytime you're navigating something that's unexpected or you didn't plan for, and now you want to make a shift in your business or your life. There's going to be uncertainty, but if we can look at that and say, okay, that's, that's a normal part of the process. That's not bad. That's not wrong. That's just a part of this process. Then I think automatically we can start to feel a little bit more calm. So just knowing anytime we're doing something new, we're inviting in uncertainty, but that doesn't have to be a negative thing. That's my first thought. 
Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm nodding along with you going, that makes so much sense because it is so much in life is uncertain. There are always going to be things that we, we just don't know what's going to come next. And I know that, um, you know, personally something that I've been, um, really tuning into in the last few months is this kind of idea that I don't need to know three steps ahead. I've yes. always been the type of person who wants to know like, okay, so what's the six month plan, the one year plan, the three year plan? Like I want all of them mapped out. And there is a lot of uncertainty in my own life right now too. And going, I don't need to know three steps ahead. It's okay to just know the one and to just yes. take that one step forward. And that does feel more calm for me when I'm going, okay. And I guess I'm doing exactly what you're saying. I'm normalizing that uncertainty. And it's something that you mentioned on one of your podcast episodes. And you know what? I wish I had looked up a couple of my, all of your podcast episodes are my favorites, but there was one where you talk about holding space for um, different types of emotions. So, Mm. you know, normalizing there being emotions that, you know, are a little bit more negative and then also normalizing. I'm not sure if I'm using the same words you were, but I'm, um, yeah but normalizing emotions that are more positive too, that they're both going to come up. And I feel like this relates to this too, going just normalizing it, that uncertainty is going to come up and we doesn't we don't have to panic about it. <laughs> yes. Um, we can recognize that it, it is normal and it's, it's okay. Yeah. Always expecting to have with anything, anything in life, every great thing we have in life too. Like for me, having Selah, there will be positive and there will be negative emotions. And that doesn't mean anything is wrong. I think that's a huge lesson that I've learned that a negative emotion or a feeling of uncertainty or not being sure, feeling a little freaked out or afraid, right? That those are not always signals that something is wrong. So I think when we can normalize those, we can go, oh yeah, of course I'm scared. I'm making a big shift in my life. That's normal. That's a normal feeling to feel. We don't have to judge it. We don't have to freak out about it. We don't have to then sit there and try to plan the three steps ahead, right? We can just say it's normal to be feeling scared. I'm doing something new. And that's something that has really, really helped me. And I th- I think I either talked about that if someone goes digging through the podcast and can't find it, it was either on the podcast or it might have been Um, I know I talked about that in a calm around food lesson inside of aligned coaching. Mm, Yes. It was one of those audios. (laughs) I think you might've talked about it in both now that I'm thinking back because I listened to, I listened to both. Yeah. I'll try and I'll try and, and, and dig and see if I can find it as well. (laughs) So I'm curious. So what do you, what is your thought? What are your thoughts on the part of the question where she asks how to unravel where the uncertainty might be coming from or or the feelings of being uncalm or not content. Do you have any advice on kind of figuring out where is that discontentment coming from? And so how, how does she know where to start to shift? I mean, I think it's as simple as it's coming from our thoughts. Mm -hmm. So when, if we can literally like sit down with ourselves and get really honest and say, okay, what are the thoughts that I am having about, let's say, making a career shift? Okay, well, I'm having a thought that, like, what if this doesn't work out? What if this is the wrong decision? Well, once I can get my thoughts on paper, like take account, take account for them, 
see them, then I can ask myself like, okay, well, that thought's creating a certain feeling. Those thoughts that I see on paper now, does it make sense that those would be making me feel scared or uncertain or unsure or afraid or whatever those feelings of uncertainty are? Well, yeah. Okay. Well, then that's why I'm feeling that way. And then choose some different thoughts and try them on. Like, actually, this could work out really well. Actually, this kind of feels like the shift that I'm supposed to be making. I actually don't know how this is going to turn out, but I'm trusting the process. Or when I look back on my life, I can pinpoint so many things that have worked out before, even when I was feeling uncertain. Or I have evidence that in this experience, in this experience, in this experience, I actually didn't know the three steps ahead. I was just, it was like one step at a time, but each step of the way I figured it out. It was like, I knew what to do once the step got there. If you were to try on those thoughts, then it's like, okay, well, how did those thoughts leave me feeling? Oh my gosh, I can breathe. They leave me feeling so much more relaxed. I can trust the process a little bit more. So it's not about going from uncertain to certain and knowing three steps ahead and knowing exactly how something's going to turn out or getting into that place of controlling it. It's just about choosing some different thoughts to have you feel a little bit more okay with your process, a little bit more okay with whatever you're doing. So for me and making my, my business shift, my thoughts are not, I know exactly how this is going to turn out and this is definitely going to work and this is going to be great right? It's not like thoughts that feel too positive or fake or not true. I think things more like, you know what, this is what I feel absolutely called to do, like on a spiritual level. And I don't know every step of the way. And I don't know exactly even how to do all of this and how to shift my bottle, my business to look exactly like this business model that I want to have, but I can take it one day at a time. And I can trust the process. And a lot of times when I don't know how to do things, I just figure it out along the way. And I can just keep going until I get to the place that I want my business to be in. So I think thoughts like that, and it reassures me, okay, keep going. Today, keep going. Keep taking steps towards shifting your business in this way, because this is where you feel called to go. And when I say where, where I feel called to go, I'm speaking on a spiritual level, but I'm also speaking like, this is just what lights me up the most. When I think of it, when I think of having this kind of business, when I think of the coffee connection calls that I get to have with my aligned coaching members, like that lights me up so much. This is the direction I want to go. Yes. Oh my gosh. So this reminds me of one of the conversations you and I have had several conversations about my own shifts in my business and um, specifically my business and my life. But I remember um, us talking about me kind of, I, I was, I know that I was nervous about making some shifts in my business and I wasn't, I was hesitant about making them. And I remember us talking about why I was feeling, identifying the feelings that I was feeling, why I felt like I needed to make that shift. And then exactly like you're saying, kind of trying on those thoughts of, well, what if I did something differently? And I was like, well, what if it doesn't work out? And it's like, well, then you can just pivot and change. And I don't know why that was so revelatory for me, but it was. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, we can change. We can try on the feeling. We can feel, okay, this 
feels good. This feels aligned and move in that direction. And then if it doesn't work out the way that we hope, we can shift again. And I think that's, that kind of calms some of my uncertainty yes. knowing that it's it's okay. I recognized where it wasn't feeling good. And then I recognized, you know, like you were saying, what lights me up? What what lit me up? What made me excited? I know one of the things that I started in the last year was teaching cooking classes online again. And right now I'm just doing them for free on Instagram, but it lights me up and I am so excited. And I don't think that I would have been able to get to that point because at, at that point I was like, well, what I was doing in my business didn't really, it didn't really feel like cooking classes were a part of it. And it's like, well, well, there's nothing wrong with trying it and seeing how how it feels and then you can always change you can always shift and so yeah i that just piggybacking on that i think that is something that um you've really helped me with too is remembering that Amazing. it's it it's gonna it's gonna be okay <laughs> we can always make a change <laughs> but see what you're doing right there with those thoughts and telling yourself like hey you can always go back to what you were doing before mm-hmm. or Hey, you can always shift this later. Like that is utilizing calm as a superpower, like in action. Mm -hmm. That is thinking a thought that you're like, oh, okay. I don't even know what it is about that thought, but that just had me relax so much. That's how we can use it as a superpower because now what you just enabled yourself to do was take the shift of doing more cooking classes. Like, Now you have a thought that allows you to feel more calm. So now you can move forward in the direction that you want to go doing the thing that is so fun for you doing what's in alignment. Whereas if you kept thoughts that were like, no, you can't make a change. No, this is how your business has been run so far. So you have to keep doing it this way. If you make a change, something might not work. Then you wouldn't be enabled to go towards what you actually want to do. Right? So it's like, the calm is the superpower is really just shifting our thoughts so that our brains feel more calm so that we do not make decisions from a place of fear. And instead we just make decisions of like, this feels in alignment. This is who I want to be. So this is what I'm going to do. This is what I want my life to look like. So I'm going to take steps in that direction. And if I need to make a change at any point, I can, it helps us feel so much more calm. Yes. And I think you you brought up something really powerful right there too, just kind of as an aside, the concept of considering who we want to be and what mm. we want our life to look like. And I think that that answers so many of those questions of like, what should I do next? And for me, it's, okay, what is the next step towards who I, so you have to ask yourself the question first, yes. who do I want to be? And what do I want my life to look like? And it's like, okay, I know who I want to become. And I know the the life that I want to live. I might not know every detail of it, but I know how I want to feel in my life. And then being able to take that next step, even, even yes. in the uncertainty and feel that calm in the uncertainty going, I'm just going in that direction. Yes. And conversations I have in my head right now, as I'm making these business shifts, if I ever have the thought like, oh, maybe I should just go back to all one-on-one coaching. Like that felt very safe. Like I have been doing that for 10 years. So I'm like, that feels very safe. My brain knows that my brain knows that I love it. My brain knows that it's like great for my business. My brain knows so many things about it. So it would be easy for my brain to say like, you know, just, just go back to that. Keep doing that. Right. But then I think to myself, when I start to think, who do I want to become? I'm like, 
no, but the way I want my business to look is this aligned coaching model. I want all of my clients to get to be together in this group setting. I want to keep being able to pour out new courses and content and coach them all together and have women learn from each other. And um, this is what I want my weeks to look like. This is how I want to create my content. This is how I want everything to look. When I can look at all of that, I can kind of like gauge my future self and um, her being in that place where she gets to do all of that. And it looks exactly how I want it to look in the future, right? I think of her. Then I think to myself, well, I don't want to turn back and go to what's comfortable just because I'm afraid. So today I'm going to keep going towards this future visual that I have, like what I really want. I'm going to keep taking steps here because I don't like my reason for going back to what's safe. Yes. Oh my gosh. So, so good. We could keep talking about this for so long. Yes. I want to just keep talking about it and I want to, but I also know that I want to move on to the next topic. Right. Yes. But I think, you know, it reminds me. So I got a few questions on food, right? And not feeling calm around food. And that's something that I've talked about in my own story and in working as an intuitive eating coach and, you know, a a ton on the podcast here is, you know, having anxieties around food and around um, learning to eat in a way that feels good for our bodies without the this outside pressure of diets or diet culture or shoulds and shouldn'ts. And so I think something that I held on to in my journey to finding this really balanced place of eating for myself is how do I want to feel around food and who does this? And this is something that I know that in the last podcast episode that we talked about, I know that you talked about, you shared your story of um, finding balance with food and intuitive eating. And you talked about the the woman you were friends with who mm -hmm. had this really incredible relationship with food and was so joyful around food and she loved food. And you kind of used that as your, you know, as one of your, you know, pictures of what an intuitive eater could be, right? And so that was something that I held on to in this it, kind of those earlier stages of intuitive eating going, okay, how do I want to feel in my relationship with food? And who who does that woman show up as when it comes to, you know, going out to eat or eating with her family or going out on a date night or how does she react around food? And that feeling of calm now that I think of it is really ultimately how I wanted to feel. And I do now. Now I, mm. I can honestly say I don't have any issues with food anymore. And I never thought, you know, decade plus of having issues with food, more than that now, if I'm really thinking about it. Mm. And I, I do feel calm around food and I can make decisions from this calm place. So I would love to kind of pivot towards talking a little bit about feeling calm around food, which is something you speak about so beautifully in Aligned Coaching. And one of one of the questions that I heard 
in various forms was feeling calm around hunger and fullness, which is something I know that I've experienced in the past. And so um, one of the questions was if they don't hit the mark and eat when they're not hungry and they get too full or they're waiting to get hungry to eat, or they're just overeating in general. So kind of this concept of feeling calm around our body signals when it comes to food. What are your thoughts around, I know you have a lot of thoughts around feeling mm, calm around food, yes. specifically feeling calm around our body signals. I think this is really common for women, especially women who are listening, who might have, who might be exploring intuitive eating and they don't want to be on diets anymore, but they're a little nervous around recognizing their body signals around food. Okay. So around hunger and fullness specifically, uh, what I would say first about hunger, um, acknowledge that it's normal to not feel calm when you are overly hungry, when you're biologically very hungry, you haven't eaten for a while or you're with friends, let's say, and everyone's trying to decide where they want to eat. Nobody can make a decision and you're starving. It is normal to not naturally feel calm in those moments because your body is so hungry. Like that's a normal, natural body response. And once you recognize that, okay, it's normal for me to not feel calm in these moments, but also I can choose a few thoughts or pick up a few thoughts in those moments that will help me to feel a little bit more calm. That's also true. So for example, a thought like, okay, I'm hungry now, but as soon as we get food, I won't be hungry anymore. <laughs> like as soon as I take the first couple bites, I will feel so much better. I know that seems so obvious, but it's literally letting your body know, hey, don't worry, we're not going to be starving for very long. So that can help to bring you a little bit more calm. I used to just literally carry around the word calm with me because when we're in those moments of being super, super hungry, it's hard to remember this big, long story or this whole, whole method of coaching that you're going to do with yourself um, to feel calm around food. So what I would do is just carry that word around with me. And just like that moment in the car where I brought myself back from a moment of anxiety and I just felt the feelings of calm, I will just remind myself that I have the option in that moment of hunger to feel calm. Mm. I can feel calm and know the food's coming. I can feel calm and say, hey, can I just suggest let's go to this sandwich place, right? Like that sounds good. Let's just make a choice and go there, right? And, and then I can feel it. And then in terms of listening to our fullness. And while we're eating, I think it's the practice of being calm while we're eating. So I know I'm talking to some moms here and I know as a mom and from working with clients who are moms, I've had clients say, well, how can I be calm if I only have like, you know, like my daughter just fell asleep and I know I have to run out the door in 20 minutes, but also I need to eat. And so I can't like make myself a nice meal and plate it and sit at the table and fully sl like slow down in that way and enjoy it. So what I also want to say is even if you're about to run out the door and you're with your kids and you're grabbing something quickly, you can still think calmly about it. So it doesn't have to be this fast pace. Let me grab a bar and a banana and this other thing and these, this bag of chips and, you know, eat really quickly while I'm driving. It can be, okay, let me grab this bar, 
I'm going to eat this. You can just slow it down a little bit and feel so much better and be able to listen to your fullness more. So it doesn't have to look like that perfect picturesque, like intuitive eating, sitting down, fully enjoying your food, like sitting at the table, plating everything like that. You can just slow it down a little bit, slow down your thinking, thinking. And when you're at a restaurant or you're having any other meal, I think it's about the practice of being as calm as you can in that moment while you're eating that thing so that your body has enough time to catch you up and let you know, Hey, this food no longer tastes as good as it did when you first started. Maybe take a break. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can just feel the feeling of being more calm while eating if I'm just slowing it down a little bit. And I know that I, just having worked with so many moms for so many years and being a mom myself, totally, totally understand that experience of feeling like, well, I just don't have time to be calm around food. I don't have time to be, to slow down when I'm eating, but we can, it's about that conscious decision to be calm and to slow down, but it doesn't have to be exactly like you're saying that like picturesque sitting and you've got the fork and the knife and the nice napkin and then everything on a plate, like it it might not be it, but we can still slow it down. I know that, um, I had a recent experience where I was kind of rushing around a little bit. Um, I got my timing off a little bit on a class that I was teaching last week and I wanted to try and get a couple things done before the class started. And I had bought a wrap, but I wasn't really hungry before, uh, or I wasn't really hungry. I wasn't hungry enough to eat, but I probably should have, um, <laughs> because I ended up not having enough time to eat before I did this class and the class was only an hour. It was fine, but I was really hungry by the time it was over. And so I went to eat. And so I opened up my wrap and I started eating it so fast. And all of a sudden I was like, okay, Chris, the wrap is here. You're okay. You don't need to shovel it down. You can take a couple seconds. And I really took that and just kind of calm myself down there for a second and realize that the food is there. It's going to be there. It's okay to slow down and to eat it slowly. And it was so much more enjoyable. And that's definitely something that I've learned from you. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. What stuck out to me so much of what you just said was the food is here. (laughs) I love that. Just that awareness of like, it's okay, right? That's so what you did there. Um, I talk a little bit in the Calm Around Food course of letting go of need energy. Hmm. And I think that speaks so much to what we're talking about here. If you think to yourself, like, I need to get lunch. I need to eat right now. I need to do this. That's that very aggressive need pressured, like has to happen now, has to happen. And then I can feel calm versus if we can let that go and recognize like, I'm not starving. I'm going to get food today. I have plenty of food available to me. Like the wrap is here, right? Like I'm about to eat. I won't be hungry for long. Those kind of feelings, ah, those can like, let us breathe and come back to, okay, now I can just enjoy this meal or now I can just eat this wrap and move forward. Yes. 
Oh my gosh. There is so much more we could talk about, about feeling calm around food. (laughs) We could literally do an entire episode on each one of these topics. And I know that you have several episodes of your podcast on and similar topics and, and also in your coaching. So we're going to, we're going to move on to the next topic because I think it relates so much. And you're actually talking quite a bit about this right now on your podcast and in coaching and, I know that this is an area, especially as it is May and we are coming into the warmer months, at least where I am. Um, (laughs) We are, I'm in New England and so it's starting to get warmer. And so we're wearing more short sleeves and eventually it will be, okay, beach season. And I think there's a lot of feelings of uneasiness and feeling uncalm around body image. And One of the questions that I got in a couple different ways is how do I feel calm when I don't know where my body will end up as I am? And I'm using the example of trying to move past diet culture. So as women are exploring eating intuitively, eating balanced, a question that I see, or I got this in a couple forms in Mm -hmm. the question box that I put up but I hear this a lot too. Well, well, how do I feel calm about my body if I don't actually know what it's going to look like in mm. a couple months or a couple years? How do we feel calm? And I guess this also relates to feeling calm around a changing body. What are your thoughts around that? My first thought is just like you said, like I like to know the three steps ahead, right? Or sometimes we feel like we need to know the three steps ahead. That's the first thing to recognize is recognize for us, let's not jump to three steps ahead because the future is always uncertain, whether it's to do with our body or how much money we're going to have, right? When we were just talking about food and we said like, I know food is coming. That's not like the, the future. That's like, I've had the experience many times every single day that I get food and I'm able to eat. So I know that food is coming right with our bodies. That's like, months ahead. That's like looking at the ultimate destination. This is how we do it in our minds. We're looking at the, where's my body ultimately going to end up? And that's always going to be uncertain. So I think if we can recognize that and recognize it doesn't help us to think three steps ahead, then we can come back to right now. Like just permission to know you don't actually need to do that. You don't actually need to know where your body will end up. I think can help bring you back to this moment. And then the second thing that I always teach is care over control. So focus on caring for yourself, focus on turning that up, focus on doing that more, just taking great care of yourself because you care for yourself and turning down control, putting less focus on control, letting, letting go of control, right? Just coming back to how can I care for myself? So what I say to myself in these moments of, well, what will my body look like? Or, or moments of, of tougher body image moments. I always remind myself, Paige, all you're responsible for is to take care of yourself. You can leave all the results, the numbers, how much you weigh, the size your body decides to be. That's up to your body. All you're responsible for is taking care of yourself. And what that does for me is it helps me come back to myself, 
come back to this moment and just make decisions that feel good, that feel caring, that feel gentle, that feel considerate and kind to myself right now and let go of everything else. Because again, the future is uncertain anyways. Oh my gosh, Paige. I I love your thoughts on not needing to know the next steps when it comes to, or, or what's going to come of this experience when it comes to our body image and really just focusing on that care over control. I know that that is something that I have, that, that was one of the key things I think that, that I worked on in my own journey of moving away from these, like having issues around body image or feeling like whatever I ate was going to change my body was literally just focusing on how can I better care for my body. And so I think that's going to resonate with so many people because it does take so much of the pressure off of worrying about our body when we're not even, we're not even thinking about that. We're not thinking about controlling our body. We're letting our body do what it's going to do. And we're just focusing on taking care of our bodies and, and feeling good. Right. Because I find the better, I think I mentioned this on an aligned coaching call too. I, I recognized in my own life that once I just started focusing on literally how I wanted to feel in every area of my life, mm my body image became a moot point. And I, I just sort of re- realized one day that I wasn't worried about it anymore. And it's not amazing, simple, but it's, it, 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 it was simple, but it took a very long time to get there. So it wasn't like, it wasn't easy, but it was, it was just that consistent refocusing on how can I just focus on caring about myself and focus on feeling good in, in other areas and just doing the things I wanted to do. Then and and it was it's all going back to that that feeling calm around it. <laughs> mm, it's so amazing. I obviously I'm teaching a course right now on body image, so I see the value in learning and focusing and going deeper into one specific area. But I also think it's so amazing how we can focus on a shift in another area, like you said. Like I just focused on that in all of the areas of my life, and and then body image improved as a result. I think it's so amazing that we can do that. I, um, during pregnancy actually had the opportunity to focus so much like accidentally on acceptance for myself. Mm -hmm. So every time I saw a little change, so I would see a little stretch mark pop up. I would see, um, you know, like a pair of shorts no longer fit. Um, I mean, I can give so many examples. It was like every single moment it was coming back to this place of like, okay, this is supposed to be happening. This isn't something I can control or need to control. And so what I want to do next is accept this. I am not going to judge this stretch mark. I'm not going to judge these shorts not fitting, right? And of course, people could say like, well, that would be easy during pregnancy because you know your body's going to change. But my experience was, no, it's not actually easier just because you're pregnant because it's still your own body changing right before your eyes. And if you've ever been someone who's attached to what your body looks like, like I have been, I still had to consciously be very gentle and choose, okay, I accept that. Okay, that's okay. And that was the most like accidental, beautiful gift I've ever given myself because then coming out of pregnancy and being in postpartum, my body is different. It feels different. It feels softer. um, And I have never felt so accepting of it. And so 
free of judgment. And so in this space where I'm like, wow, I am the first person in line to have an opinion about my body. You know what I mean? And in fact, I'm the only person who gets a place in line (laughs) to have an opinion that matters about my body. And I want to have a good opinion about her, right? Like I want to accept her. I want to like her. I don't want to spend any minutes, any more minutes at all judging her. I just want to focus on taking care of her and coming to that place kind of accidentally has given me such an amazing body image that I've never, ever would have um, anticipated even being possible before. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I love that so much because I mean, not all of us who are listening are going to have that incredible experience of being able to be pregnant again and then go through and go, okay, I'm going to accept every single one of these changes um, because that is so incredible to be able to do that. But we can still do that no matter where we are in our lives and in our situation. And especially in that postpartum, I know that the second postpartum experience for me was much different than my my first postpartum experience. Um, and actually, I started working with you in my second postpartum experience. So that definitely made a big difference. <laughs> but those that acceptance of, for me, it was the acceptance of, okay, I could accept those body changes as it was happening because, or during pregnancy, because it was expected going back to that kind of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. It was expected that my body was going to change. It was still hard. Like you said, mm-hmm. because there are different changes. There's different changes. Every time my body looked differently, both pregnancies, I experienced different changes, different feelings. And so there is that acceptance kind of during pregnancy. And I think oftentimes we are less apt to have that same acceptance in the postpartum. We we automatically turn to control and we think, okay, now I need to do something to get my body back to normal. But if we accepted our body changing during pregnancy, why can't we accept our bodies or naturally just because that was what was right for our bodies? Why can't we accept our bodies also changing afterwards and change in that, you know, in whatever way is right for them afterwards, just by, like you said, just by caring for our bodies. And it's such a powerful shift. And it was definitely one. I definitely had to also work very intentionally on body image for a very long time Mm -hmm. until I could get to that point where I was like, okay, I've got to focus on, on the other things too. So there's both of that there. Um, But in that postpartum, just that shift in perspective, I think is, is so powerful. And I don't think we oftentimes give ourselves that permission to just let our bodies do what they're meant to do. They spent nine, 10 months changing. It doesn't mean they're just going to stop changing just because we gave birth. They're still going to continue to change and become the size or the shape that is just right for us in that season. But it it does it is oftentimes easier said than done. But when we can approach it with that calm feeling of it's normal to feel like it's normal to feel a little uncertain about this, but we can still kind of give ourselves permission to just focus on the caring. I think that's so powerful. Yes. yes. And I think it's interesting that you know during pregnancy or postpartum, we're expecting our bodies to change. But also it's like, shouldn't we always be expecting our bodies to change? I think it's kind Mm -hmm. of interesting how sometimes we can get in that place where we're expecting our bodies not to change. And then we're Mm -hmm. really surprised when they do. And we think something wrong is happening. 
But if instead all of us, pregnant or not, mom or not, can expect, no, what's actually normal is our bodies are kind of always changing, just like life is always changing, (laughs) just like the world is always changing, things are always changing, and our bodies are just one of those things, and that's normal, maybe we could judge it a little bit less. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think that um, I have so many more thoughts on that. <laughs> we, could talk, we could talk for hours. I don't want to keep you all day long. Oh, I could talk with but you. But I for love hours. that so much. I yeah. I think it's so important to to recognize that that change is inevitable in every area of mm-hmm. our lives, and just just like going back to that, uncertainty is inevitable. That you know we, we can, and, or that, you know, negative and positive emotions are inevitable. We can live in that place of going, this is normal. Change is normal and we can accept it. And sometimes it's harder than other times, but we can at least accept it and recognize just going, going into life, going change is normal. And I'm, I don't need to know what's going to happen three steps ahead. (laughs) Yes. I can just, I can just take the next step forward. Exactly. So one of the um, totally switching gears, but definitely related to the feeling of calm. I want to dig into two more topics as briefly as you need to, because I know you've got a little babe who might who right. might need you soon. <laughs> there are two more topics that came up when it comes to this this concept of feeling calm. So we've talked about feeling calm and uncertainty. We've talked about feeling calm around food, especially around hunger and fullness signals. We talked about about feeling calm around body image. Something else that came up several times is feeling calm around money. And you know that I love how you approach money because you have personally coached myself and my husband on finances. And Mm -hmm. so I want to talk about an area that I don't think is talked about enough around money. And the I literally just got money, money, money as answers. And so I was like, I'm going to take this and I'm going to talk about Mm -hmm. something that I think is is not talked about enough. And that is feeling calm when you're not sure how to spend your money or if you're spending your money wisely. So I know that personally, we've talked about this before. I felt at times in my life that money kind of burns a hole in my pocket. So when I have extra money, I just want to spend it. And that's definitely not a feeling of calm. It's definitely a feeling of like, like it's the frantic energy. It's like, I've got to spend this because I have this money. So what would you say to the power of feeling calm around money and calm around having a budget? Hmm. Okay. So first to the, when you're not sure how to spend your money or if you're spending it wisely, um, my first thought is, okay, there aren't really like facts there about like, this is the right way and the only right way of how to spend your money. So we might be believing that there's a right way, quote unquote, to spend money. And we're not sure if we're falling in alignment with that. But I think when we can recognize, okay, that's not an actual fact though, that there is and only is one right way to spend your money. Then we can just come from that place of like, oh, this is my money and I get to decide how to spend it. Mm. So that can give us a little bit of freedom. But the second part of that is just like with anything else, I think that we can have lots of grace with ourselves. And after a little bit of time, a couple weeks, a couple months, as long as you have awareness of how you're spending your money so that you can check back in and say, okay, what is the result feeling like? So I've been spending my money in this way. 
what is the result of that feel like? How is this leaving me feeling? So I've been spending my money in this way for the last four months, let's say. How is the result of that feeling? Am I okay with the result? Do I like the result? And then we get to decide, do we want to keep spending our money in this way or shift, right? It's again, that permission. I can always change this later if I need to. If I want to invest in myself or my business this way, I can do that. I'm going to decide, give myself permission to do that for a few months. And then I'll look at the results of that and see if I'm okay with it. And then I can decide to keep going or to make a change. So that's what I'd say to that how piece. Um, And then the second piece, what would you say to the power of feeling calm around money and budgeting? Is that what you said? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Power of feeling calm around money and budgeting. To me, being calm around money is similar to being calm around food, but in the way of to be calm around money, I need to know that I am spending my money in a way that aligns with my values. So if I know consciously or subconsciously that I'm spending money in a way that doesn't align with my values. So for example, um, I really value being thoughtful about my purchases and intentional with things that I buy. So if I use clothing, for example, if I'm buying clothes, I want to know that I have given some thought to the clothes I want to have and keep and wear regularly at home. So if I'm buying clothes, I want to know that it's like, yes, I intentionally know that I want to bring more of this color into my closet or more of this style or, um, you know, a few more of these things that fit really well. I intentionally know that versus I'm just at target and I see a few cute things and I kind of think I like them and I like them just in the moment and I spend my money and I just buy them right then. Right. The first one is more in line with my values where I'm really thinking about what I want to buy. The second one is excitement in the moment. (laughs) So I'm always very, um, weary, I guess is the word I'll use for lack of a better word when it's just a bunch of excitement in the moment. And I think Target's such Mm -hmm. a perfect example because Target has so many things to be excited about (laughs) all the time. And so I'm going to change the word weary to curious. So I want to get very curious with myself when there's tons of excitement in the moment and say, am I just super excited because right now it just sounds so fun to buy these six different color tank tops at Target? Or do I actually need and want to have six different color tank tops from Target, (laughs) right? Mm. So just being really thoughtful about the money and um, giving yourself permission to do it. Like, um, for example, tank tops at target, you can always return them too. So mm-hmm. you can say to yourself, okay, if I think this really is the choice that I want to make, I can make this choice. I can buy them. And then instead of taking the tags off the second I get home, I'm going to give myself a few days and remember that if in a few days, I'm just not that excited about them, or maybe it was like the heat of the moment I decided to make that decision, then I can return them. Or you can leave and say, if I still want these things a few days from now, I can always go back and get them. So I think permission can help. Permission can help so much around feeling calm around money and budgeting. Saying to yourself, I use the example that uh, I have said to Marco many times, I wish I could just have a thousand dollars and go buy whatever I want. <laughs> just go buy whatever I want. And when I asked myself, like, why do you have that thought? It's literally just wanting that permission. 
So if instead I give myself permission to do that, I'm like, well, you could take a thousand dollars out of savings or you could put a thousand dollars on a credit card. Like you could go and do that. Then I'm able to come to this place that it kind of brings me down off that mountaintop of excitement to calm, to say, oh no, I think I just wanted to know that I could do that if I wanted to. Mm. Yeah. And I can totally relate that to permission around food too. When we don't give ourselves permission around food, oftentimes we, when we are restrictive in either mentally or, you know, actually restrictive around our food and we're telling ourselves we shouldn't eat something or we can't eat something, we want it more. And then once we give ourselves permission to eat anything, anytime, we don't feel like we need to eat plates of brownies every single day because we're like, well, I can, I have the permission to, but that doesn't really make me feel good to do that every single day. And so that makes so much sense, that permission piece. And I think the one thing you said that really resonated with me when it comes to feeling calm is that intention. It's it's being intentional about where our money is going. And that's that's definitely something that I think I that's helped me over the last couple of years, really getting to that place of not, not feeling that money burns a hole in my pocket anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really bringing it back to that intention. And I, I love that you mentioned that very excited feeling at Target because oh, I, I still <laughs> feel that at Target. Oh, me too. Oh, gosh, me too. So pretty and it's so fun. And it's, but yeah, going back to do I, 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 I think you mentioned the, the need energy too. Yes. Um, and I think that that comes up too around money too, that I need this thing. And that's something I actually practice with my with mm-hmm. my kids too and teaching them about money. And they're both very young, um, but my seven-year-old gets an allowance for, she gets quote unquote paid for the work that she does in the house. Awesome. <laughs> and she has to save some and she has to give some and she's allowed to spend some. Mm. And there's a lot of, you know, when we're in the store, there's always a lot of want, 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 want. But when it turns into, I need this thing, I need this thing. And it's like, "Mm, we don't need that necessarily. We need food to eat. We need clothing. We need gas for the car. And so we kind of talk about that difference between needs. I think oftentimes we can be in Target and we can see that colorful tank top and we'd be like, oh my gosh, I need that. But do you really need that? And how would you feel if you buy it and you're like, oh, I, even if you have, you know, even if you have plenty of money to buy it, well, I could have spent it on something else that would have maybe made me feel better long-term kind of thing. So yes. And most of the time for those of us listening, we probably can get to the answer of, no, I don't need that thing, but I would maybe like to have it or no, I don't need that thing. And actually I'm not going to buy it because now I realize "Ah, I just got excited. Yes. Even if it's like, I need shampoo because I'm out of shampoo. Do you really need to have shampoo? Would you die without it? No, but okay. I really would like to have some shampoo, (laughs) right? Like we can pretty much always come away from that need energy. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh my gosh. There's so much we can talk about money as well, but I want to switch it into this last topic Mm -hmm. um, because a few answers like this came up, but this is the one that I want to focus on. And I think it'll kind of answer all of them as a whole. And the question is, I struggle feeling calm, toggling between work tasks and home tasks, family and friends. With trying to work from home and have kids home, I feel like I'm constantly on and never giving my all to anything. I don't feel like I have a break or any off time. 
Sometimes I feel like a bad friend, like I'm not giving all to work, like I'm not present enough with my kids or my husband. Mm. So what do you say <laughs> about feeling calm with work-life balance? I know it's a big, it's a big question. Yeah. Well, the the word that comes to my mind with all of this, like to sum it all up is just to reduce. Mm. Like when you have, when you can recognize, first of all, great to anyone recognizing this, that, okay, I have working from home. I have kids. I want to be present with them. I'm recognizing. I feel like I'm not giving my all to anything. I don't feel like I have a break. I want some off time. I want to be a good friend. Like that's so many things. Right. And so to recognize, okay, that is so many things. Like it's not just about, um, maybe before you were in a season where it's just you and your business or you and your partner or whatever it is. And now it's all of these things. And so give yourself tons of grace to reduce. So for work, I'll use myself for an example. Um, I have really worked to reduce my work to just the most important things. So I actually learned this through a season where my mom was really sick and I really wanted to give as much of my attention as I could to her, but I wanted to keep my business going, but this wasn't like a, I need to keep growing, growing, growing. It was like a, okay, we're going to go to maintenance mode for a couple years so I can give all of my attention to her. And so I asked myself like, what are the most important things in my business that like the, the outside world would actually notice if they didn't happen. Right. Cause you know, owning your own business, there's so many things that happen behind the scenes too. Mm. And I was able to come up with this shorter list of like, okay, what's the bare minimum, like meeting with my clients for their sessions, my blog post that goes out once a week. So now it would be recording my podcast on Monday, then having someone help me get all of that out to reduce. Mm -hmm. Right. Then checking my email so I can check in with my clients, but I can also reduce that by committing to doing that once a day. I don't need to do that 187 times a day. Right. Um, writing the blog post. Okay. So I need to just sit down and write that. I don't need to spend 18 hours thinking about what I'm going to write. Right. So thinking of that word reduce. And then when I'm with my kids, how can I reduce there? Well, I'll just, instead of thinking I need to spend three hours with them, but being on my phone and being with them for that three hours, I'm going to spend 20 really intentional minutes sitting on the floor with them. And then I'm going to get up and pick up the house or do whatever else is going to help me to feel good. Mm. And of course, I don't think that this needs to be said, but just to make sure that this is communicated there, there isn't, when we say balance, it's not like a perfect, okay. It's not like balance means that every area gets an equal amount of my time and attention. Yes. Yeah. Right. Balance might mean that today I'm working 10 hours and on Thursday, I'm going to be with my kids or Mm -hmm. right. So balance might look different. Um, It will look different for every season in life. Yes. Yeah. I was actually talking to my, my friend, Sarah Dalton. She has, um, 
the podcast herself, the um, You're Simply Big Life podcast, and she and I did an Instagram live this morning, and she's all about um, living a life of peace and productivity. And she's been on the, I think I mentioned she's been on the podcast a couple of times. And we were talking about this exact topic of balance being like the ebbs and flows of life, not needing to be perfect in every area and being able to move away from that perfection mindset of like balance means I have to give equal attention to work, to my kids, to my spouse, to my friends. It's just not possible. We can't, then there's, there's no time for ourselves. Then we're just exhausted and burnt out and then we're not giving anyone else anything. (laughs) So I I love that knowing that it's going to look different in different seasons and that it's okay. Oh my gosh. So much permission in that. It's okay to spend 20 intentional minutes and to Mm -hmm. reduce for that quality. That's something I've hung on to since early, early motherhood. And I know I'm not, I haven't been in motherhood that long. I'm only seven years in, but that quality over quantity and that the kids are going to remember those quality experiences with you more than they are going to, that you spent hours and hours and hours with them. They're going to remember the special moments um, rather than, you know, that you were home all day, every day. Like right now, my kiddo's in her room playing on her tablet while I'm recording a podcast. Yeah, so she's it is happy. What it is. And she's exactly. happy and fine. And we're going to go on a walk after and we're going to hang out and we're going to talk and it's going to be special. And I'm hoping that, you know, she's going to remember that we go on walks together a couple of times a week when our sister is at school and we get to have that special one on one time together. Oh, and she's she so just well. happy as a clam to oh, get her tablet right now. So <laughs> exactly. Everyone's happy. Yes. Mom's getting to do work that she enjoys. She's happy on her tablet. Tablet. That's what it looks like. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I couldn't, I couldn't love that answer more. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, Paige, I would love to continue to talk to you for so long, but I know I want to honor your time. We've already been on for quite some time together. So I would love to just have you answer the last three fun little rapid fire questions. If you have a couple of minutes. Yes, let's go. So I had you answer these last time, but I've just changed them around a little bit and you can kind of answer them now for this season. So I know you are a new mom, so you might not be doing this as much, but what is your current favorite thing to cook? Yes. For the first four weeks, the answer was nothing. I don't want to cook (laughs) anything. Um, Right now, I would say I am experimenting cooking like meat in different ways. Mm. whether that's like grilling or using different seasonings, you recommended to me, like having a lot of fun with sauces and like condiments, that kind of thing. Um, so I haven't made my own sauces yet, but I've been buying a few different ones at Mm. Trader Joe's. There's one spicy green one and I have no idea how to pronounce it. It's like Z-H-O-U-G or yes, something like yeah. that. Zug maybe? I'm Zug. not sure. Yeah. Well, it is so good. And I've been putting that with like different meats and like cooking, like roasting um, veggies or potatoes and stuff like that with different meat. And that's just so what we're enjoying right now. Oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> so then what is your favorite current, your current favorite thing to eat if someone else is cooking for you or maybe you're getting takeout? this makes me laugh because our friend Tommy sent Marco a text the other day and he's like, Hey, you want me to burn some meat for you guys? And what he means (laughs) is that we like our steak cooked well done and he does not. So he always calls it burning meat. (laughs) And I told Marco, I was like, you need to respond immediately and tell him yes. (laughs) Because I, anytime, anytime one of our friends wants to cook for us right now, and especially if they're cooking steak, Mm -hmm. I'm there in a heartbeat. Yes. Oh, I love that. 
<laughs> so fun. So my last question, and it's funny because we were just talking about the topic of, of balance in, in work and in life. What does balance look like to you in this season? Okay. Rapid fire. So the first thing that comes to my mind is when I am nursing Selah, balance literally looks like to me just looking at her and like really capturing and soaking in that moment. Even if it's literally like I I'm nursing and I'm on my phone or something. And then I recognize, wait, I'm nursing. I want to soak this in, or I want to soak in looking at her face. I will just pause, set my phone down and like, look at her and like, you know, she'll do her little smiles back or whatever. And even if that only lasts for 45 seconds, like that's what balance looks like to me right now. I am trying to soak in those little tiny moments and almost like capture them like photographs in my memory. Mm, yeah. Being present. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. And you know what? I can tell you that that was something that I tried to do something very similar um, in the early days with both of my girls, but Sage is now seven, seven and a half, which is crazy. And I still remember those moments when she was really young. Yes. And, and so I, I think that that is such an incredible way to spend your time. <laughs> yes. And recognizing, like we talked about, there's no perfect balance and, and as a new mom, you are realizing, wow, okay. So many things to do. Like during nap time, I'm running and doing this thing and this thing and this thing. And so to me, balance just looks like making sure throughout all of that, that I'm stopping and kind of capturing the moment. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I know I talked about you seeming so, you know, calm in your pregnancy, but also in this early stage of motherhood, the fact that you were, you were on talking with me today. I know when I asked you to come back on the podcast and I was like, I know that you're still going to be early postpartum. You're like, okay, like we'll see how it goes. It's just so beautiful and fun to see you become a mom and to see you make this time for what you're passionate about. And I'm so, so appreciative that you're taking you're taking some of your precious time and spending it with yeah. me today as well. <laughs> oh, well, we and, could do a whole nother episode about this, but in, in the topic of like caring for your future self, that was in me saying yes to this. That was, yes, I want to do those things in my future. And I don't know how I'm going to do them or how they're going to look, or if there's going to be a crying baby in the background or what's going to happen, but I'm going to just say yes and figure it out as it comes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Oh, Paige, you know, I appreciate you so, so much. This was so fun to talk about calm in five different areas. And I, I know this is going to help so many women. I'm so mm -hmm. excited to release it. And actually, I get to release this episode next week, which rarely oh, ever happens. So, fun. so I am very excited to be able to share this. And thank you so much for spending your time with me today. Of course. I can't wait to listen back. I always listen back to our conversations and I like smile the whole way through. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. 
please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.